It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. What's going on, Bleeding Green Nation? We have uh, made it here to episode number 36, and everybody's fighting each other, which means uh, it's the, the crew is back. And first off, we just got to welcome back the man returning to the ring, not only to BleedingGreenNation.com with awesome content, but his lovely, lovely voice is here as he's grilling with bacon jams, Mr. Dan Kloster. What's happening, buddy? Hey, thanks for the plug. Hey, there'll be more of that. We'll learn how to get bacon jams uh, in just a little bit. But let's yeah, I'll int- plug you. <laughs> let's uh, introduce everybody else to my left. The man in charge, Mr. BLG uh, from uh, BleedingGreenNation.com. Of course, what's going on, pal? I'm tired, but I'm, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> and of course, also, uh, we haven't heard in a while from 97.5 The Fanatic, Mr. James Zeltzer. What's happening, pal? What's up, buddy? Uh, the funny thing that, that the listeners might not know, that Dan really is grilling with bacon jam. Yeah, That's no. not a joke. It, like, so. oh, as we speak, he is... It's uh, good. He is we don't good. lie on the podcast. <laughs> and, and he's Jewish, so, you know, the oh, bacon, right. the Jew, so, it's good. It's good. It's a so, good thing. Somebody call Israel immediately. Uh, <laughs> I think they have they have bigger issues right now. <laughs> they, might, they might have that going on. And you know what? The Eagles have some bigger issues going on right now, BLG. Uh, I'm going to launch right into it. What the hell is going on with Bradley Fletcher and uh, uh, Jeremy Macklin uh, trading haymakers this afternoon? Yeah, it's funny. I mean, the Eagles had their second 
training camp fight and only the third practice this year. And it, you know, you look back at last year, they didn't have a single one except for, you know, Kerry Williams got into a, a scuffle with a new England Patriots player. And then Kerry Williams also fought uh, Riley Cooper, but that was actually during the regular season, not during training camp. So it's kind of funny that, you know, they went the whole training camp last year, not having a single one. They already have two, uh, the thing today that happened with Fletcher and Macklin, it just seemed that, like, you know, I, I guess Fletcher, you know, he's known for being a more physical cornerback. You know, sometimes he gets called for pass interference quite a bit, actually. And, you know, maybe Macklin just, he was getting tired of it. So, you know, maybe they, I didn't see exactly how it started, but maybe, you know, they were kind of just getting physical and then eventually that just led to punches. But, you know, it was really, it was it was broken up pretty quickly. You know, the uh, players, coaches got in there, broke it up, and it was over. Guys, I think Chip Kelly is losing control of the team. Yeah, <laughs> somebody write an article immediately. That, that's my takeaway. Oh, someone, someone's already writing it. Don't you worry. Uh, I, think, I think my favorite was the 15 different writers tweeting, "We're from Philadelphia and we fight." Oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Saxophone solo. Uh, yeah. The um, with that, I mean, do you really think that's more just? Uh, the level that everybody's kind of, you know, Bradley Fletcher's looking over his back a little bit. Trent Cole might be doing the same thing as well. They're just trying to intensify and improve and all that, uh, all that type of stuff. And that's what kind of is bringing all the frustration to a head, or is it just regular camp stuff? Uh, I, I honestly don't think so. I, I don't think that's it. I, I just think, you know, it's uh, it was well, it was very hot and humid yesterday. So I think the weather definitely was a factor yesterday. It was not quite a pleasant day it was a little better out today so i don't think you know you can really blame the weather i don't know i don't really think it's a big deal uh carrie williams seemed to be happy he he did say he was happy to be seeing more fights and he said that he's going to be involved in one soon enough (laughs) so uh, i guess we can look forward to that sweet awesome uh what else did you see out there but anything uh real positive anything real negative uh, yeah, uh, things that stood out were that, uh, you know, Mark Sanchez has been looking pretty good, which is a big improvement from how he was playing in the spring. You could say the same for He's Matt Barkley. Uh, I knew it the whole time. I've always been a Sanchez supporter. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the one... One guy who struggled was Matthew Tucker. I mean, he's he's probably competing for a fourth running back spot, even if they keep four. Uh, I think he dropped like four passes today. It just was not a good day for him. And also Damaris Johnson, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a big crushing blow to Dan and I's favorite uh, <laughs> camp body, but he he just is having a terrible camp. Uh, Earl Wolf did a uh, – looks like he made the play of the day. Is there any other times that he kind of shined throughout – 11 on 11 or any of the drills or anything? Uh, I can't think of any specific moments, but he did have a really good pass breakup along the sideline. You know, Sanchez threw it deep to Ben, and it was actually a really good pass, you know. But, uh, you know, he, he he leaped up high. You know, Earl Wolf jumped really high. He, he leaped up high to get that one down, and, uh, you know, that really stood out. And so far, you know, I think he's been solid. I haven't noticed a ton of plays from him, but I haven't noticed him making a lot of mistakes either. And uh, finally, of course, Jordan Matthews uh, making his – presence known once again looks like he had a pretty good day today after having a quitty uh, pretty quiet uh, couple of days there anything different that you noticed other than hustling hard and catching balls yeah i was talking to jimmy kemsky about this and uh he actually pointed it out you know we, we kind of joke a lot how jordan matthews runs out every play really hard but you know that's something that applies to the game too when when he catches a ball you know he's not one of these wide receivers who's gonna like stop you know, try to put like a spin move on someone to get open. I mean, when he gets the ball 
and he's catching it in stride. He's just going to take off, and he's going to run as hard as he can. He's going to fight through contact. You know, this isn't a guy. We're not going to be calling Jordan Matthews uh, self-tackling Jordan Matthews anytime soon. Oh, no. You guys see Jordan Matthews' hands, by the way? Huge. Oh, my God. They're like the size of my face. Bigger. Well, well there, there was one more Jordan Matthews note. Uh, they decided to take Matthews off the back of the jersey and just put baby T.O. on there. So, uh, yes, good to of go. course, that's making its way around as well. Um, you know, and speaking of all, you know, everything as far as a national perspective, I've been noticing a lot that there's been really across the board, just the negativity as far as uh, really hot takes that are coming through. I, I Pete Prisco, anybody? Oh, geez, today was phenomenal with that. Um, you know, Buzz Bissinger, for whatever reason, decides to call him a kind of chicken shit Nick Foles. Uh, you know, do you guys think that there's just too much? Heat and is that a good thing or a bad thing uh, for the Eagles? I, I, I'm fine with it because you know I, I take it all with a grain of salt. I think that after last season, going from four and twelve to ten and six with a, a flashy, if you want to put it, head coach, a coach who's a, a soundbite machine, someone who is a, you know, he's just a he's a presence, Chip Kelly, and you know he's naturally going to draw national attention. Uh, I, I think that comes with the territory. I think you're going to have people coming to camp. I think you're going to have people writing about it. And, and you're ultimately going to get people on both sides. Just where you're seeing people slam them, you also hear people like Daniel Jeremiah tweeting out that that there's no one on the planet who runs a more efficient practice than Chip Kelly. Uh, so I think it goes both ways. And, and ultimately, I, I don't think it's going to be a factor. I think that Chip is the perfect coach to deal with this kind of stuff. I don't think he takes it. You know, I don't think he sees it as, as I don't think it affects him is what I'm trying to say. I think that he's going to run his practices. He's going to get the most out of his guys. And I just, it doesn't bother me. I don't see it as an issue. I don't think it's going to make a big impact. I think the Bissinger thing is interesting just because, uh, you know, I think that whole article reeked of sour grapes. It just really felt like, all right, Nick Foles wouldn't talk to me. So I'm going to go after this kid. Um, so, you know, I, I think that's kind of a separate issue. I think you can't really relate the Bissinger stuff to, you know, the Pete Prisco's and the other guys who are trying to take shots. But I think ultimately, I, I don't think it affects the team. I don't think it affects Chip Kelly. So it, it shouldn't really affect us. Yeah, I'm not even saying it's an effect of a team. I just there's as far as fans and, and things and analysis that's going on. Does everybody just think that or for the most part that, hey, Dan, uh, the like, because Deshaun Jackson is gone and got cut. Is that why most people are jumping back on the Eagles saying like, yeah, they're not as good anymore? I mean, that's a pretty weak argument. Uh, you know, if you really feel that Deshaun Jackson was the only guy who made the offense go, then yeah, you probably will feel that way, but you're going to be wrong. So, <laughs> Well, that's pretty fine too. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I'd rather have it that way. Let them, uh, let the uh, underestimation continue to froth and brew and then we can all retweet them you know months, <laughs> yeah, that's, months, the best, months. that's the best part is all a month old retweets of idiots that's <laughs> the, the easy lazy narrative and and the hottest of takes and also it's like you know it's the it's the lowest hanging fruit for people to grab onto us so why the eagles won't be as good this year you know uh, speaking of hottest takes and I, I i almost hate to bring it up because i don't know alan rodriguez that well but, oh, that was a scorcher. Hey man, a good, I, a good scorcher though. I, I mean, that was that was. I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. That was complete BS from my point of view. Ooh. Uh, I I don't know. I, like it. I I don't know where you get the. I don't know how you represent 
a, a player that way. I really don't. And not to Les Bowen this thing because he kind of got a little cranky about it too. But he was not. He was not happy. No, no. I just think that's so. If the if the article that he wrote were, I don't think Jeremy Macklin can be a number one wide receiver. I think that's why. I think that makes more sense in a, in a you know in a thesis type of way. But it just looked like it was Macklin bashing, and I don't know how everybody else felt about it. It had the tone of a hit piece, but it was a very well sourced and supported hit piece. I agree that the tone probably was a little aggressive and abrasive, but hey. It was the most talked about thing about the Eagles that day, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. You got the conversation started. I, I just think that and, there's... And I, don't, I don't disagree with him. I'm not 100% agreeing, but I think he had plenty of valid points that he backed up, and it's something that a lot of people think about Jeremy Macklin, especially given the bad taste that they have in their mouths from 2012. Well, here, can I jump in here? I think that... No. I think the article... Yeah, right? I think the <laughs> article, like, like Dan said, was well-researched, well-supported, and I think that the criticism you've heard, uh, you know, from people who are going to criticize it is, oh, you're looking at a, at a handful of plays over a, a much larger resume. And I think there is credence to that. Uh, I think ultimately the real issue was that Macklin can't respond. Uh, you're a professional athlete. You know, you, <laughs> yeah. Seriously, I'm yeah, being dead I, serious I here. No, I know. I agree with you. You need, to, you need to, to let that fly over your head. You need to go out in the field and prove it. I don't agree with the beast personally. I actually think Macklin uh, has the potential to have a really good season. I love what I'm hearing about him. He sounds healthy. He sounds like he's got something to prove. I love the fact that he's on a one-year deal. And, and look, he's playing for money. But, uh, you know, if you're Jeremy Macklin, you need to let that go you cannot respond you cannot tweet on twitter you mad bro and and whatever else he responded to after that it's your professional athlete i'm sorry you need to find a way to let it go over your head not pay any attention to it and go out and do your job uh is there any difference between that and matt barkley going on reddit and saying i do have arm strength jimmy kemsky it's okay no not a ton of difference i think that the I think Barkley was lucky because uh, partially because of who Jimmy is and, and, the, and how he is and stuff. It ended up becoming more of a fun, playful type of thing with, like, you know, we're going to go off a catch and all. And it became funny more than, than uh, filled with animosity. Uh, but yeah. no, I mean, ultimately on a base level that the athlete needs to, to not respond to that stuff. It, it, you just got to let it go. I thought Barkley looked way, way worse, way more petty. He I mean, he, he responded with a, crafted argument that he obviously thought like he, th- he gave it a, a good amount of thought and he posted it on reddit where it was obviously going to be read the macklin thing was just like okay little tweets you mad bro I, I and he could have been more mature about how he handled it but i never got the impression that he was butthurt i think it was more like okay look at this you know look at this guy what does he think you know with barkley i felt that he was like he was really pissed genuinely pissed off and upset by it you know these yeah. yeah that's fair i think either way they they neither of them needs to respond oh the well, point 100%, is you, they both, there's, yeah there's no side to responding it only fuels the flames and your job you're getting paid millions of dollars your job is to go out on the field and perform not not have your mind elsewhere thinking about things exactly that don't really don't matter and blg do you want to weigh in on anything here i know it's a tough spot because you're you're the main guy here but what did you think of alan's article um Hashtag you know, page clicks. I'm, I'm so... <laughs> wait, what was that, Dan? I said hashtag, hashtag page clicks. I'm so... <laughs> I'm so uh, indifferent on on when it comes to, like, arguing about Jeremy Macklin. Like, 
last year, I remember there was there was a point where like people were like so gung ho about like extending him already, and I'm like, well, I kind of want to just want to see you know what he does with Chip Kelly before we get too crazy, and then now. You, know, you have a lot more negative negativity in some places, and I'm like, well, again, I, I kind of don't want to just give up on him either. Like, I'm, I kind of just I'm in wait and see mode with him right now, and that's you know, that's where that's my cold take. You know, that's a very very that's, cold take. That's gonna be but, on Brandon. It's, it's a frosty take, right? That, that's I'm, where I am right now. I, I mean, literally, wait and see is gonna be on Brandon Lee Gelton's tombstone. That is his. Like, uh, that is your 100 percent. Like, and I respect that because. There's no point in having the hot take and then looking like an idiot later. I, on the other hand, don't mind looking like an idiot. And I'm going to go ahead and just say that I think it's it's well off base as far as if that's how you think Macklin's going to play, in especially in this season, in this type of in offense. In this offense, I think that's a great point. Look, I understand if you have concerns about the, the, the ACL because that's the second one. And look, you can recover from those things, but you may lose a step. It might take you more than a year to recover from that stuff. The other thing I don't understand is uh, he, I mean, he got recruited playing in a spread offense and he was uh, dominant in it. So I, I don't, I don't know again where that kind of thing comes from. I don't know how you d- don't look at that and yeah. go ahead, James. I was just going to say, and I mentioned it before, but the idea that he is signed to a one-year deal. I mean, what else could you ask for? This guy has everything to prove. He has every reason to go out there and make it happen. You know, it's exactly what you want from an athlete. You want someone who's not guaranteed, someone who's not Ryan Howard making $60 million for the next three years or whatever it is. You want someone who's got to go out and, and, and freaking earn their money, you know? Yeah, and, and this is the, the other couple things I'll say, and then, We'll, we'll leave it be here. I have a feeling that if someone that wasn't Allen didn't write that article, there would be a lot more attention to it on the negative side from the BGN crew, but that's just me. I I, I don't know if that's true or not. Jimmy was very supportive of You're it fired. as well. I'm fired. Team Ivy loved it. <laughs> um, and I don't mind. Look, and again, from the conversations I've had before this with Allen, I think he's a great guy. Um, so I, I just think this was a ballsy take, of course. And if I'm going to look like an idiot and Macklin's like, you know, 500 yards and, uh, not even a touchdown and he's, you know, benched by week eight, then I'm going to look like a moron and we're all going to praise Allen for it. Um, I, I just think that there is, I don't know, we'll, we'll have to, it's going to be a definite, uh, wait and see. And I feel bad for him if Macklin has a great year because uh, I don't want him to have that kind of heat, but uh, and I, th- I think there's a chance that he does. But ultimately, the point is, as a reporter, as a writer, as a blogger, whatever it is, you are entitled to your opinion, especially absolutely. if you can support it. So, so good for him. I, I'm with you, John. I, I actually think Macklin's going to have a, a, a nice year in this offense, especially again playing on a one-year deal. I, I look for big things from Macklin, but you know what? If you believe it and you can support it, go write it. Oh, that was the other thing I was going to say about it. I apologize. I do have one more thing. The fact that anybody that disagreed with him said that he had a Macklin, the Macklin fan cult came out to defend him because I wrote this thing. I don't know if I would have said that either. You know? well, is that is that is that fan club fronted by Les Bowen? Or? Uh, yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe, no, maybe, it is. maybe it is. I don't know. Um, but as we're rolling along here, guys, I mean, like, is there uh, is there something that Maybe because of things like this, maybe we do have a couple of Eagles goggles kind of attached to our eyes every now and again. BLG, is there anything that you see right now that this 
team is definitely missing and definitely still scares you going into the season? Well, I mean, the the most recent thing would be the offensive line depth because, I mean, obviously Lane Johnson's suspension was finally confirmed. And, I mean, you have Barbary out there at right tackle. But, I mean, and, and I think he's going to be passable. I think he's a passable starter. But really, I mean, what are we basing that off of? I mean, this is a guy who hasn't, I think, started a game since 2009. I mean, Correct. you know, maybe we're giving a little him a little too much credit. I mean, he did look good against Green Bay last year. He also looked good in the preseason. Uh, his teammates, you know, we did an interview with Evan Mathis last year, like last summer before anyone knew who Alan Barbe really even was. And Mathis said he was a guy to watch. And, you know, sure enough, he was. But, I mean... And if, if someone else goes down in, in that first four games, especially, I mean, uh, this, who's, who's going to step up next? Is it Matt Tobin? I mean, that's another guy who the Eagles seem to be high on. But again, totally unproven. Uh, if Jason Kelsey goes down, God forbid, I mean, the Eagles don't really have a backup center unless David Mulk or uh, Vandervelli can, you know, prove to be anything. So the offensive line is huge because not only because of the questionable depth, but the, the importance it has to this team. I mean, you know, the Eagles were so successful on offense last year, and a lot of that had to do with the offensive line. And the fact that you have so many question marks right now, especially with the, the suspension of Lane, you know, you know, that's a big area of concern. And uh, before we get Dan Stutz, just want to remind you that this episode and all future episodes of BGN Radio brought to you by the Eagles Almanac 2014 edition. Uh, you get to insights from Shil Kapadia, Tim McManus, Jim Kemsky, Tommy Lawler, and of course our own Brandon Lee Gowton, along with a bunch of others just breaking down Chip Kelly's offense, getting a lot of different guides to uh, even uh, how to purchase an Eagles jersey, all that good stuff. See how LeSean McCoy can build on his record-setting season and a plenty, plenty more. You can go pick that up right now at eaglesalmanac.com. So, Dan, what do you think uh, is missing from this team that kind of scares you going into the season right now? Still got to be the pass rush. Um, didn't really do much to upgrade it in any way unless you, I mean, you know, Marcus Smith is a rookie, unproven. Um, you know, you didn't really pick up anybody who's going to who's gonna give your pass rush a um, definite oomph, I would like to say, and I still think that's, that's going to be a problem. We're going to see a bunch of, like, you know, third and 12, third, third and 13, where the quarterback has four or five seconds back in the pocket, finds someone, picks apart the defense, gets, a, you know, an easy first down, and the first and second down defense will go to waste. So um, I still see that as the big, my biggest issue with the team, both offensively and defensively. Um, and, yeah, I don't, I don't really know why it would be, unless you want to argue that it's like scheme progression and guys will be more familiar, but I still see lack of a – natural explosive pass rusher who's in his prime i agree and i actually don't think that marcus smith actually contributes a whole lot this year right which is which is you know stinks but uh well that's that's definitely my number one concern going into it as well james do you have any concerns uh, right now as you're looking at this team god i hate to agree with you guys but i i think the pass rush is the is the no-brainer number one answer i know a lot of people like to say the secondary is the biggest issue on this team. And, and don't get me wrong, I think the secondary is definitely somewhat suspect. I, I love the Jenkins edition. We'll, we'll see how it works out. But At least you added you, difference makers to the secondary. Yeah, yeah, you could exactly. Like, you could complain about the secondary, but ultimately, it, I, 
I think nine times out of ten this season when the secondary looks bad, it's going to be because the, there was no pass rush to begin with. So I think the pass rush is the thing that makes it go on defense. I think it's the it's the difference maker. You know, if you get if you can rush that quarterback in any passing situation, your secondary is going to look a lot better. You can fill a lot of holes on your secondary. Where I think the Eagles secondary may be, you know. Uh, okay average whatever if you have a subpar pass rush it's going to make that secondary look much worse and i I just agree with you guys i really i don't think they added enough impact players in that spot look i I, i'm okay with the marcus smith pick i I just agree with you guys i think he's a little raw right now i don't know what he's going to do this season I, i think unless you see connor barwin kind of uh, be put into more of those types of roles. I think he could succeed as a pass rusher. I just, they don't use him that way enough. I I just don't know what they're going to do to generate that kind of pass rush, especially with Trent Cole a year older. Uh, I know Cole had a nice second half of the season last year and, and I, you know, you hope he can do it again, but I, I'm just, I, I really don't know where they improved enough on that, that pass rush. Oh, hey, look, Fletcher Cox, Cedric Thornton, you know, these guys up front, if they can kind of take that step forward, Michael Kendricks take a step forward, you never know what the defense is going to do. But in my eyes, heading into the season, I just don't know where they're going to get enough pressure from. Well, and you guys both mentioned impact too, and I just I don't think it was there in the draft unless you went up and got Khalil Mack. And I don't think it was in free agency. There was there's really nothing out there to do. So no, they, especially once Arakba resigned, there were really no impact rushers out there. Right, right. I'm glad that they didn't. I'm glad they didn't reach and overpay for one on the decline too. Right. Uh, agreed. Agreed. That's a good point. I agree. Absolutely. BLG. Final thoughts as we're rolling out here. I will ring the bell just a little oh! bit on the on the pass rush thing. I hey. definitely agree. It's a big concern. Okay. To to to, to be the optimistic guy here. I, I, I've had this theory lately, you know, they obviously they don't have that stud pass rusher at outside linebacker like Dan mentioned, but I'm wondering, you know, if, if they're really just trying to do without that at this point and, and they're feeling like they can not only, not only scheme pressure, but you're getting pressure from different places. You added Malcolm Jenkins. He's probably one of the best blitzing safeties in the league. I would say if, if at least from a number standpoint, I think he had like three or so sacks last year. Also had a number of hurries. I mean, you have Fletcher Cox, like James mentioned, you know, he had 39 quarterback hurries, which is third among uh, NFL three, four defensive ends, but he, he only had like three sacks. If you looked at the other players with only three sacks, they only had like 10 hurries or something. So like, there's kind of just like a disconnect there. Maybe just Fletcher was getting unlucky. Maybe this year he finishes more of those plays. I mean, I think there are some, some unconventional ways they can get better at pass rushing, but there isn't that stud player. So I I think it's a fair point. Dan Kloster, final thoughts. I have none. James Elzer, final thoughts. Uh, I've, I'll take two for, for Dan's none. I'll take Dan's final thought. Okay. Uh, just on the, the tying a bow on the pass rush thing, I, I think, Brandon, reiterating what I was saying, that Fletcher Cox is the key to it. Like, if he can take a step forward, and and, and it's totally believable that he could. I mean, this is a guy who is, is straight pedigree. You know, it's totally believable that he would take a major step forward in his third season in the league. If he can do that, uh, you know, that will make a gigantic difference. Uh, but one other thing I want to mention, just from seeing a little bit of practice today and uh, just in general thinking about what Chip Kelly likes to do, uh, I, I really think Darren Sproles is going to be something special here. We all know yeah. how scary he is to face, uh, what a 
difference maker he is both on offense and special teams but just seeing a little bit of practice today and just seeing the way he moves and how quick his feet are and just how explosive he is I think that's the kind of thing where Chip Kelly is just licking his lips and being like oh my god I can't believe I get to design plays for this guy and do things with this guy um so, so Darren Sproles, I, I think is going to be, I mean, we're all, we're all excited about him, but I, I just, I don't know if we're enough excited about him. I, I think Darren Sproles is really going to make a big, big impact this season. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And it's going to be exciting with him and Shady in the backfield, man. That's going to be awesome. There we can catch don't forget on. about Chris Polk. Don't forget about Chris Polk, dude. <laughs> I'm, see, I'm still, Jerry's still out on, on, I mean, I like his hands. They're improving. I didn't realize that he was actually recruited as a wide receiver in college. Uh, so, uh, that, you know, three headed monster, if you want to come up with something funky designing the backfield for that, I'm, I'm all, I'm all ears for whatever chip does on the offense. Go right ahead. Very, so. very squarely on the Chris Paul bandwagon. Yes. I have for two years now. Hey Dan, 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 what What's happened up? to no final thoughts here? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I ended it's up Dan, having one. So. It's Costner. There's, hey, there's, hey, it's always hey, hey, Dan, you're poking the bear right oh. now. Oh, oh. I guess we can. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do want to let everybody know that this episode was indeed brought to you by the Bacon Jams, thebaconjams.com. <laughs> it is a very, very awesome product. They do rubs. They do all sorts of jams from it's uh, a condiment. Con- yeah, it's condiments for most, uh, mostly savory stuff, correct, Dan? Actually, you can literally put it on anything. We have a client who puts it on ice cream, but you put it on burgers, hot dogs, any kind of uh, meat sandwich, put it on your eggs, put it on your bagel and cream cheese. I'm looking you at- love meat sandwiches. Oh, yeah. don't I? I love just sandwiches. <laughs> slather slather uh-huh. your boyfriend or girlfriend in it. It's all good. Maple a maple jalapeno or habanero, excuse me, uh, sampler packs. They've got all sorts of great stuff on here. Go check them out. TheBaconJams.com. And for me, uh, Mr. John Barchard for BLG, for Dan Kloster, James Zeltzer, you've been listening to BGN Radio, episode number 36. You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. a fart, Dan. I was expecting an epic fart there. I need to actually fart into the microphone there. I I, 